Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. What is going on, Boozer Nation? Session 66 of, uh, of Blockchain and Booze. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, then you're already in touch that we have a very uh, interesting new segment, a uh, new, new episode planned for you guys. Uh, but shameless plug, let's, let's, let's just do the ordeal really quick. My name is Adam. Uh, I'm the ex-host of Blockchain and Booze, which we'll be sharing a little bit more about that. But uh, this this show, this awesome series that's been going on for 66 weeks straight uh, since April 7th, 2020, is brought to you by Draper Going Home. Uh, outside of investing in the best early stage startups, they put together a ton of events every single year from LA Blockchain Summit, the Global DeFi Summit, which we just had over 13,000 participants globally. Uh, we have the NFT Summit coming up in August. We had the Security Token Summit. Alone's got what the block every Friday and blockchain and booze. Uh, for those who are new to blockchain and booze, welcome. Cheers. Grab a drink. Settle in. Welcome. I already see people, I already see people in the chat uh, doing their thing. Um, so why don't we just bring up the guests and, and, and get started? So we got Alone Gorin. We got John Farjo. We got Joe Vizani. Guys, welcome. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> cheers. Cheers, guys. Salute. Salute what's, to Adam, my man. Hey, cheers. Thank you. Um, wow. What's in the yeah. Yeti? Mud water. Mud water. Yeah. It's, I think it's so... just tea. I don't think there's any alcohol in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, what are you drinking, man? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's wine. Something like that. I That's love good. it. Alon, please tell me you got your wife's concoction. You're typical. My wife did not make this one. It's my, uh, you know, my lazy drink, which is usually a, a, a whiskey Coke. But this time is there was only Dr. Pepper in the cupboard. So I filled it up with ice, Dr. Pepper, and a little bit of rum. So <laughs> cheers, guys. Thank you for being on. Session 66, 66 weeks straight. You guys are obviously alums uh, in, in here. Uh, we got a fun. We got a fun episode. There's a lot of cool things happening with blockchain and booze uh, in the future that Alon's going to tell us more about. But uh, I guess I'll start off by saying that this is going to be my last episode hosting, um, and it's it's bittersweet. Uh, I've been fortunate, and you guys have had me host you guys for 66 weeks straight, and it's been nothing but pleasure, nothing but fun, and just a joy like building this community alongside many other people. Uh, so. Cheers to everyone who stuck around this long. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've I've loved it. It's like I want to cry. I want to cry, but I know alone you're giving it such a facelift, and it's gonna be literally going to the moon from here on out. So let's take, take this like moment to just think about what's crazy about this whole thing because Adam, we've known Adam for for a long time. He's he's a, a friend of the family. He was at our events like literally years ago when you were at USC. You interned. You helped with the event. Then your first day joining us full time was the first day of quarantine in LA. Then we started off blockchain and booze, and some of you. Uh, in the chat, right, are uh, 
are literally, you know, you were here those first few and it was, it was like chaos, right? Because remember, this was when Zoom was getting Zoom bombed by people and we'd have like a Zoom call with a hundred people and then some idiot would come in and like ruin the whole fun and then we'd like flip on a new Zoom or do all sorts of crap. But like that was the chaos of the first few blockchain and bruises. And then it's evolved into this epic cool thing that Adam put together. Um, it's just just so much fun. But I can remember like those first few was was a wild. disaster. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. So we like part of why we wanted to do this like, hey, last one for Adam is of course to to say we love you, Adam, and and wish you the best on whatever the heck you end up doing next and you're a part of the fam, so I'm sure you're gonna be on. It's all good stuff. But like but but then also to ask the community like yeah, yeah, James is saying that was such a mess, but it, it in a way there's a fun part of like the community part of it, right? So I I would hope I want you know in the chat keep chatting, ask questions in the Q and A. Um, we might even bring random some of you community members on on stage even today. I'll try to DM you. We already yeah we already have uh, someone in the green room too. By the way. Oh, let's throw some, let's make it, see, I'm not one of the admins on here. So only Adam knows who's in the green room. So if you don't wow. get up on stage, it's Adam. Uh -huh. They just left. They just left. But I guess <laughs> we'll, we'll also like bring Lunar Crush into the mix for a second. Guys, we were, we, we've been streaming on, on your platform on Twitter for, for some time now, growing Lunar Crush's community, drinking with them, hope like bringing them into Remo and, and meeting them, our community and just vibing and, and making it happen. How are you guys feeling? about john's hat or just like in general I, I, I think you know what's funny though you guys you guys are matching hats and t-shirts so we we all but now, but now it looks like them in all black yeah yeah we all came onto the live stream wearing all black and so that i had to change it to my construction shirt um i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good adam and I'm just gonna get i am officially turning into garth from wayne's world when he's wearing the pepsi gear and stuff and he throws up the reeboks I'm that for Lunar Crush. Um, sorry. <laughs> Joe's feeling good. John, John, how are you feeling, man? I, I appreciate messy live streams. That's where I get the most value. Um, yes. Things that are so overly planned where everyone's all nervous and they're like, here's my, my PowerPoint slide. Uh, like, I just want to fall asleep like after a year of Zoom. So I am, I am like super excited to just have a drink and hang out and, and talk about Hell all the yeah. amazing things going on in crypto. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Dude, Hell okay, yeah. we were just talking before the thing, but we, we have to talk about this because it's like the most timely thing ever, has nothing to do with blockchain and booze, but there were th I know some of you in the chat had to have been watching or listening to the Tom Brady stream live with Sam Bankman a few minutes ago on Twitter. Uh, if you were on there, let, you know, let, let us know, but the most awkward situation happened that is so memeable, and I hope somebody was recording it. There had to have been some recordings, but whilst in the middle of Sam Bankman saying something about their partnership and whatever, his uh, his 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 audio cut out completely, and it was just silent. And Tom Brady was the only speaker other than him in in this chat thing, and it was just silent for. 30 seconds a minute, just awkward. There's 6,000 people listening. Like Jack Dorsey is on there. You see every crypto Twitter friend you have on there. You know, everybody, like all these people are in there. And then all of a sudden you hear Tom go, Sam, 
Sam, <laughs> Sam, like six times in a row. <laughs> it, was, it was the, the funniest uh, thing ever. I think Joe and I were the only ones of, of us on stage here that were listening live. And it was, I don't know why, but it was like the funniest thing in the world. I do, I do wish that he actually just kept going. I want to know how many times he was willing to go out on a limb with the Sam question because it was, I think it was like at least eight or nine over like a good 25, 30 seconds. I was like, I can't believe, is this, I can't believe I'm listening to Tom Brady just say the word Sam in front of 7,000 people over and over and over again. <laughs> it was just so good because like, I, I don't, I think that he wasn't sure anyone could hear him. I think yeah. maybe he thought he was out. So desperate, like Sam, Sam, <laughs> just over and over. It was so good. Did you see his tweet down. earlier? He blew up the moon with his, uh, with his throw. He threw Bitcoin at the moon. Yes. I, I that saw that cool. in, uh, I saw that in, um, in silence. So I didn't watch the whole thing because I was, you know, in between meetings and things like that. Was it a good commercial? I mean, can it, was it real? Can you actually throw that far? I don't I know. Mean, Maybe when he was 28. Yeah, you know, it was clearly photoshopped. If it was Aaron Rodgers, then they for sure would have hit the moon. But I don't know. Yeah, he's a little. I mean, maybe back in the day, he's a little old to throw the ball at the moon still. But we'll see. Are you are you calling him out, man? I want to see you go against Tom Brady. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you throw football? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, you know. I'm I'm also talking trash. I'm not a huge football person, but I my father-in-law's from Wisconsin, and when we started doing fantasy football as a family, really, uh, I got I had to pick Aaron Rodgers because I had to make sure I got him before my father-in-law did. And then after like seven years of him being my quarterback on my fantasy football team, that was the only team I was into because now I've been following them for like seven years. So now I'm all all about the Packers. And I apologize to the Rams who, uh, who you know, practice like about 150 yards from my house. Just so to give like a little bit of context of like what the actual thing is with Tom Brady. Um, Cause I was trying to figure out like what exactly is going on. Um, it just says that um, seven times Super Bowl champion quarterback, Tom Brady and his Super Bowl or supermodel wife, Giselle have partnered with global crypto exchange FTX. And basically, all this is is they're taking a stake for crypto, and now he's an ambassador, um, and she's an environmental and social initiatives advisor. So that's that's all that's all it is right now, which could mean basically anything. That that so what? Let's interpret this for a minute. I want to go you around, Joe. What do you think this means? <laughs> well, I, honestly, I think, and you know, I, I think. Tom's been looking at it. He's got laser eyes. Obviously, every celebrity and anyone that you know is anyone is that's close to a lot of people that are investing in this are obviously looking at what's going on. He mentioned that he's been down in you know Costa Rica talking to friends down there with cryptocurrencies, um, getting information and kind of understanding what's going on. And so he's just taking it, you know. And and SBF man, he he goes after big names. He goes after celebrities. He's bringing people in that are from outside the industry. You know, many people follow Tom Brady that are probably still like, you know, there's something more than just Bitcoin. I thought it was just, just Bitcoin, right? Like that's the, there's a, which is fantastic. He's bringing people in. I mean, that's what we need. So the fact that um, he got Tom on the Twitter spaces, even though Tom thought it was just a phone call between him and Sam is fantastic. Dude, you know what though? <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I was stoked for, um, 
uh, what's the name of our buddy that uh, one of the Blockworks groups guys, um, uh, Adam, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I'll, I'll look him up in a sec. But he tweeted at Tom. Jason Yenowitz. Yes, Jason. So Jason, uh, Jason Yenowitz from Blockworks tweeted at Tom a graph of Bitcoin's price and with an arrow saying, this is when Tom put laser eyes and the price just went tanked almost immediately. And, uh, and Tom retweeted it and said, laser eyes didn't work. What's next? Or something like that. And that, that's pretty good. Like, He's got a good social media person or a good sense of humor to do something like that. So I think I think the reality is that crypto is becoming the cool kids club, and a lot of these outsiders want to be more and more part of it. Um, and it's still something that a lot of the world doesn't understand. And if you can hang out with people that understand something that you don't, that also has a lot of money behind it and a, a big community behind it, I think it's just going to keep ushering in more and more of these big names. Uh, and I didn't think of that from the point of view, Joe, that probably Tom, Tom Brady's following did just probably know of Bitcoin and now they're understanding FTX and kind of discovering that and the impact behind that is massive. Look at, yeah. look at it in a different way too. I mean, what now we have FTX arena right in the middle of downtown right. Miami. Um, good old what was it American airlines before. Right. And man, what a shift. What a shift, right? Yeah. I mean, that alone. And now we have, I, I think, what is it? I read that every umpire is going to have FTX uh, a logo oh, really? on them in the MLB. Really? They're the official crypto company of Major League Baseball Dang. now. Dang. So they're they're making these mainstream moves. And Do you think, I was just thinking about this, though. So they, they're making some mainstream moves. And everybody, you know, that follows me at least sees that I've been diving into Tezos a lot. And we've been investing in some companies building there. And I'm a fan, right? Um, and I'm not one of these only one cryptocurrency type of people, but like I was thinking about like Tezos has some F1 driver that has Tezos blasted all over them. There was that recent F1 driver that had the Bitcoin car and all that. Like, does that really do anything? Does that really matter? Like in some respects, like there's some major eyeballs, right? And, and you guys measure the community and measure a lot of that, but like, does like Tom Brady talking about it a lot? Yes. The FTX logo on the Major League Baseball umpires, like, does that do well, anything? Think, think about it like this. When that car wins the race and it's the Tezos car, people who aren't as as in tuned with the race and, you know, the, the ins and outs of it are going to say, oh, Tezos car won. You know, they're going to be looking at it like that. And I think the same thing when we're going to the FTX arena, you know, uh, when when the M- – is it the MLB or a certain team in MLB? It's MLB. MLB. Yeah. Dude, that's huge. That's like right? that's that's like the, the TV it's, placements, it's, the the merch, you know, like all that stuff is like that's that's mainstream community right there. That's nice. It's, it's more like a foot in the door. I mean, I, I remember we we worked with a major automotive company that was the official car of of, of um, the NFL official vehicle and the official luxury vehicle. And it's interesting because they ended up like working directly with specific teams, but then there's certain limitations like like with what you can't just use two logos together. You have to use all of them. Like there's all these nuanced rules with the NFL, but it's like, oh, then there's like the halftime show. And then there's these interstitial things while scores are up. And then there's badges on certain players. And then there's, there's a million and one events. And so all it is is a foot in the door and there's a million other things with, yeah. with these leagues. So it's, I, I'm, I'm interested to see do they do anything from a utility perspective? Not just a badge on the building or a player, but is there are there certain things that end up happening, like you know, like with ticketing, with 
um, you know, season passes, season ticket holders, like, uh, like, is there more that's going to happen um, yeah. on site and off site um, from a crypto perspective with these partnerships? You best believe that Solana is going to be the ticketing platform of choice. Uh, all mac micro payments are going to be integrated uh, and crypto payments are going to be accepted at FTX Stadium for sure. Leveraging Solana, right? Like they're going to bring their entire entire ecosystem, all their partners that are like they have a stake in. It's only to their benefit to promote them, to push them, to integrate them. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's huge. I mean, think about it's like you don't think the NFL is looking at like what's happening with like Top Shot. Like there's yeah. an entire team right. focused and dedicated on probably doing something massive there. I like I'm not I have no idea. I'm not I'm literally that is just like I'm guessing, but how could they not? I mean, oh, well, like there's so much money up for grabs there. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, there's uh you know, I was gonna make some joke before, like all those kids with the uh, umpire jerseys are not gonna be going to school with FTX logos on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but but really like it, it's a huge it is a huge deal and the, i think the more integrated the better like john's saying and remember it, it's been years now actually dodgers did that that nft uh bobblehead experiment and that was that was over two years ago probably now or at least two years ago um and just the more integrated the better i mean so uh think about this coinbase um uh, I think, I don't know if it was today, this week, or whatever, they announced the 4% on USDC in their app. Think about how many mainstream people who aren't super crypto nerds but have Coinbase or hear about Coinbase and feel that Coinbase is legitimate and trust them more than, you know, all the crazy shit we talk about all day long, um, now realize that they can go from 0% in their bank account to 4% on Coinbase by holding US dollar. That's I'd say no more. And, and, you know, I'm sure FTX will have similar products and things like that, of course, and all the rest of them. So the mainstream learning about this stuff can be a huge, huge, huge paradigm shift. I want to tie this back to what Adam was saying, you know, Solana, talk about Solana. Um, and, and I remember you had, you had their, their, uh, their founder Anatoly. on your, yeah. Yeah, Anatoly was on your, on your, on blockchain and booze, like what, a month ago, three weeks ago yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and and I remember looking up that social activity, and they had a huge spike a few a couple months ago, right? Mm -hmm. That was largely um, they it was it was largely from um, a hackathon that they were doing. And so when you think about you know they've seen just kind of the steady growth of social, but the big spike was from the hackathon. What do you think is going to happen when Solana gets embedded with MLB, with basketball, and and with an ecosystem that gets built around them? So it gets really, really interesting over this next year here, um, like considering we're kind of at the cusp of very, very mainstream adoption, um, at least from a promotional perspective. Um, and so we'll have to see. I mean, the Doge car crashed. The Doge car crashing um, had to, had to be more publicity than that entire race. And the, the, the all the angles and things like that were the most amazing. Memeable. It was the most memeable video ever. It looked like it was fake. Like the first time I saw that on Twitter as a as a GIF, I thought that it was like that somebody made that. Like I didn't think it was actually the Doge. Elon. Just throwing it out there. Elon Elon might have done the whole thing, coordinated it all. <laughs> 
Like he just taps into the car and crashes it. <laughs> Self driving. Rolling out just random conspiracy theories about Elon. Just right <laughs> out. Elon. Hey man, uh, uh, I, I just had lunch with uh, with Elon David Blesnack. No, not Elon. The next best thing, David Blesnack. Oh, yeah. his, his mantra: memes are money. That's it. Memes are money. I'll wear that T-shirt. Uh, I guess just just to tie it back, we're already on the the concept of memes uh, community. Uh, let's let's bring it back because there's a there's a I see Andrew Fisher's in the in the green room, um, and we want to kind of bring people on stage to kind of <clears throat> hear about what they wanna what they wanna see out of blockchain and booze and Alon, uh, kind of sharing what what's uh, what's in store for blockchain and booze. What can people expect? Uh, obviously, it's getting a facelift. I think the beauty behind doing blockchain and booze is that. Whether we live stream with Cointelegraph or Lunar Crush or you're hosting or I'm hosting or someone else is hosting, it's always staying fresh. It's always staying relevant. Uh, and that's the beauty behind this because you're getting different figureheads, different communities involved. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for what's next. I hope to be a guest on Blockchain and Booze when we're, when we're talking about all sorts of things. It'd be interesting to be on the other side. We're going to put up an application somewhere. I'll have somebody <laughs> on the team review it and we'll let you know in a few weeks. You know? Yeah, exactly. Keep checking yeah, in. Huh? I'll submit uh, Draper Gordon Home forward slash submit and uh, I'll, I'll put something there and you guys can review my application. But really quick, everybody that's in Remo right now, if you're not in Remo and you're watching the live stream, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. Uh, meet.blockchainbooze.io. There, you're going to basically be redirected to Remo where there's going to be a live chat. And in that live chat, I'm about to drop the stream link. So anybody that wants to come up really quick, we want to hear from you guys. What have you liked so far about Blockchain and Booze? What do you want to see next? How can we spice it up? What can we tear down? Let's let's bring up Andrew Fisher. Um, and let's just let's just kick it off. Boom. Andrew, start by telling us what, what you do. Andrew uh, has Andrew. I'll, let me just say this: Andrew has one of the sickest companies out there, and I'll let him take it from there. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, a network provider, an independent network provider for the Helium network. So I rock out. Uh, I build uh, uh, devices on people's houses and pay them, basically make them uh, earn crypto passively through their properties. So I give them a cut uh, and build out IoT networks for blockchain, which is super Ooh. awesome, super fun. Super, super fun. How do we how do we send it? I like that. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm actually um, we're gonna be we're gonna be taking more applications. We're actually doing a few uh, test runs, but um, soon it'll be available. We're gonna have uh, signups on our website um, at noblenetworks.io, um, but you can sign up. We'll put we'll put a device on your house and start earning crypto. It's it's super super awesome. More people yeah, are getting involved, it. which is great. Is this yeah. like Pied Piper? Like, is this uh, <laughs> that? Are you doing that? Like, I'm looking at the yeah. site and it's like number of nodes and I'm starting yeah. to out a little bit. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, imagine like cell service, right? Cell service went, uh, now Helium is doing it for IOT devices. So smart, wow. you know, smart, just smart stuff. Uh, anything that you could think of that could be smart, they can, uh, basically put it on the network. It's all so, open source. It's super fun. So what he's trying to say is that if you're on the network, you're smart. So <laughs> get on the network to be yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, but uh, more, more, more importantly, uh, because why we brought you up here. more importantly than no, your no, life work is no, no, <laughs> more importantly than doing the coolest gig out there. Um, what, what I know you're you're recent on blockchain and boost, yeah. right? 
like four uh, weeks young. You're four weeks young, right? So you joined at what? Session 62. What were we doing on that? Do you remember? I think on that one, um, it was it was the one right before. Uh, it was the Tezos one. with with uh, Yeah, it was the Tezos uh, one. That was the first oh. one that I got in on. And then the next one was the Helium one, which hooked me. Because I was like, you're going on with Amir. I got to chat with Amir for a bit. Uh, it was great. It was a good time. Yeah, because he then came back in the green room and uh, yeah. was hanging out with everyone. That was cool. Yeah, so I, I guess guarded it. On, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, uh, all right, you're live on Boozer Nation. All the people can see you. Okay, moment of truth. <laughs> Here we go. Somebody play the deal. Uh, what was that? What's that? Uh, da, na, na, na. All right. Yeah. What do you exactly the Jeopardy music? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> what? What? I guess. We're, we're just like bringing people up here, right? What What is it that you want to see from the Boozer community, right? What have you enjoyed so far as kind of like I'm I'm passing the baton, right, to a new a new host and trying to create more content, bring more of the community together, grow the Boozer community. What have you enjoyed? You know, what can we bring more of? What do you, what, What's like, what's important to you? I mean, it's kind of cool just to see all the different viewpoints, right? You have so many different uh, diverse guests. Um and everybody, you know, it's from different things that you might not ever think of. Like, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I had my chance at NFT stuff back in the day. I didn't take it. And then I uh, lost out on that. So now, you know, last week, right, with the, all the NFT and the cool stuff that they're doing with those, um, you know, that's something I might not really look into as much. Um, I wasn't too big on them, but it's really interesting to see that side of it. So just the diversity and like different types of, uh, you know, uh, solutions that are out there that we might not be privy to uh that's the cool thing about it for me um i don't know i mean i i, I kind of get like into the certain projects um that i you know get interested in um and i don't really delve too much outside of that so seeing such a diverse uh you know group of technology and seeing all these different viewpoints is really um really really interesting to be honest and i would you know, like to see more of that honestly yeah <laughs> that's pretty much it you know, as you say that, you know, it comes to mind alone. You know, there's a there's thousands of people that have joined Blockchain Boos Live. What if we did like episodes where people and their projects get on stage and talk about what they're doing, and the problems that they're solving, and getting the this community? We were brainstorming yesterday, yeah. uh, John and Joe. We were talking about like pitch sessions, things like that. I have a uh, something in the works where in the next few weeks we'll probably have Adam Draper on. Um, and I was thinking to uh, try and grab uh, try and grab him uh, to kind of throw him to the fire and just throw a few random projects on to pitch him uh, and, and us, of course. Like uh, um, it, it would be really super fun. Um, uh, anybody who's in the chat, by the way, we're throwing the StreamYard link on. But I think that would be really fun. I think bringing more community members on the actual stage, kind of like to create that chaos from those first few where like, you know, it was a little crazy, but but kind of fun. And for me, I, I want to kind of treat this like, especially if for the next few weeks and who knows indefinitely I might be hosting and we kind of figure out the next iteration and stuff like that. For me, it's way more fun to like, it's the end of the day, have a drink and just hang out with a few crypto friends and let's just kind of see what happens and, and see where it goes. Um, and, you know, there are some selfish reasons. Of course, we do this. We it, we have, you know, our events and, and DGH, and, and we like to invest in companies um, in the space. So getting to meet everyone is super important to us. But, like, it is all about the people, right? Like, like Lunar Crush says, you know, there's no crypto without community. And we can't make an investment in a group unless we love the founders, right? And the best way to find out if you love someone is to uh, – 
hang out with them, spend some time. Uh, and so I think this could be a really cool, um, uh, cool way, uh, you know, to to do that. But I do think there should be a little more structure. We'll bring in outside guests, not just have the same few people hang, bring in different community members each week. Um, but also like, give us your input uh, and tell us what, what you guys want. You know, we've thought about like, you know, all sorts of different things. Um, and uh, and would love would love help sort of crowdsourcing it. Because again, it was a community hang session during quarantine and it just spun into, you know, something super legit. Now, should we, you know, what should we do? You know, the community decide. No, it would kind of be cool. Actually, you were saying like something we, we might want. It would be kind of cool to, um, you know, there's a lot of people I know that are interested in certain projects. Um, so having like some sort of polling, you know, to have people like to show the stuff that they want to hear about. Because, you know, obviously you have your stuff that you hear about, but everyone's different circles. Like, you know, I, I found, yeah. find out about all these crazy, crazy projects. Some, you know, um, some are insane and, and they're very not legitimate and you can tell, um, but a lot of people don't know. Um, and then there's other ones that are just like little diamonds that you just find, um, you know, that are new, that are, that are really doing some cool stuff. Um, so, you know, it, you, those far reaching places of the internet, you might find some of the community members have some really cool um, projects. You know, what comes to mind now, the blockchain and booze DAO. We should definitely throw a DAO, decentralized blockchain and booze, distribute booze tokens to community <laughs> members, open a snapshot, throw up proposals, have people vote on those proposals. And uh, these will be non-Uniswap non tokens. These will be just pure voting rights, right? Um, I mean, you can decide how you guys want to do that. But the whole intention over here is to like decentralize the boozer nation. Ooh, right? <laughs> Let them choose what you're drinking too. Uh, yeah, and let them choose what I'm. Yeah, gasoline cool. like session you know, seventy. <laughs> as they talk about that, we'll measure every single mention, and they only get added to the Ooh. DAO if they meet a certain threshold. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's the, the job. Like anything start, under. Let's get Dan to start building. Uh, <laughs> add the uh, dollar sign booze token to Lunar Crush. We start. We you actually will have to sign up to Lunar Crush to create to to share the booze charts and if you share them and get more engagement than the other person you'll earn more booze tokens and you'll have a, a higher say in who comes on in maybe which so, so justin in the, in the qa section has a, a similar idea um but maybe even better than the one i had yesterday when john and joe and i were um were brainstorming he said he's been a a, a boozer for a good while now he'd love to see a monthly segment where you feature a new dev and their project slash DAP and a quarterly members only contest for a chance to get funding. So what we were saying the other day is maybe we have two, three companies that have like three minute pitch sessions where we then kick them off stage each week and like the people who are on vote which one is like the best. And then like once a month or once every couple months, we actually fund the winning project. Like we, we you know, you take the top four that, that one each week and then they all pitch again or something, and you have uh, we have some kind of pitch session. We totally yeah. should do it like a brackety March Madness kind. Maybe that's that's what we turn. You know, I don't know, Adam. You you did participate in person because you joined soon after, but we had uh, we've every year for that, at least a couple of years now, pre COVID, had Blocktoberfest, which was our yeah. party. 
uh, our beer drinking party at LA Blockchain Week. We called Blocktoberfest. Yeah. Maybe Blocktoberfest should be kind of like a March Madness for blockchain and booze. Yeah. So each week we got some pitching companies, and then the last week of it, or the first week of like November, the champions come on board and can actually get like a, an investment from DGH or a, boom or some kind of grant or something. I don't even know. We got to figure it out. All right, guys, that's the next step for blockchain and booze. Everybody tune in, sign up. Here we go, guys. Open your wallets, big hearts. (laughs) For every 25K Tim puts in, I'll put at least $5. Yes. That's proportionate. I I, I would do the same. That's what I said. It's got to be pro rata. Pro rata. Same thing. (laughs) Well, that would be cool. Think about that. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew, pleasure having you on, bro. You know, best of luck to you. I will just say, uh, I will just say, I'll, I'll get, I want to give my first, uh, my first uh, recommendation for uh, who would I would love to see on here. Uh, it's a small little project right now, but it's called Popsicle Finance. Uh, bring on, Dan- oh. bring on Daniel Assesta, the creator of Popsicle Finance. They're killing it right now and doing some really cool with, uh, stuff with liquidity pools. So uh, you should definitely check it out. Their UniV three stuff is really Finance. cool. I, yeah. I'm curious, what is some cool stuff with liquidity pools? Tell me more. Uh, so right now they're doing automatic. Uh, so they're taking the automatic market making and doing auto compounding, uh, auto compounding liquidity um, that oh. recompounds in. So right now I'm earning like on APR right now. They were having uh, only from Uni V3 fees. They were getting like 400% the other day, <laughs> which was insane APR. And then, you know, obviously auto compounding APY was crazy, but uh, they're doing it right now just straight from fees with no like incentives at all, which the is guys- kind of crazy. Yeah, the guys at Plenty uh, said that they were going to potentially add the auto compounding feature to Plenty, which would make it so awesome because then you don't have to go, um, you know, pull your awards and then stake them back in and keep doing that every day or 19 times a day if you're me. It's great because it's all it's all decentralized and it's held in the smart contract. So they're like they're optimizing gas fees, doing all kinds of cool stuff like that, so that they move everyone's together on the contract. So. Uh, I'd love to see him uh, on here, you know, chatting. So that would be my right. recommendation. I saw I saw Alon's <laughs> camera shaking, so he wrote it down. He's going to cool. make it happen. Yeah. Cool, man. All right, All right well, Andrew, nice I'm going to bring up David. Peace. That's that's actually a really good idea. Um, that whole decentralizing blockchain. We have brackets. We have brackets. We have a community even participate in the voting. Although the communities will totally game the system, but it would still be epic. And, and then, I, dude, think about think about proof of attendance. Everybody that's in Remo right now, we can track that, right? Remo kind of organizes all the attendees per session. And if there was somehow to add a field for an ETH address, we could airdrop people tokens for proof of I participation. Can, we can already we can already use something like Tezos. There's already um, uh, apps in which you can send people tokens to uh, their email addresses. And they could use their email addresses to OAuth into a wallet. There you go. Do it that way. Um, so that could be cool with with the Kukai wallet. You could do it with the Twitter account or email or whatever. Um, and so there's a bunch of ways in which to do it. But what's also cool is we could take like a um, we could take like you know a a um, direct auth. That's right, uh, Alex Liu. Um, uh, but what's really cool too is we could take a note from from Prime DAO. And we can say people who attended earlier blockchain and boozes mm. or uh, more blockchain and boozes can, we could give them a higher reputation score in the DAO. 
They might not necessarily hold more tokens in the DAO or whatever, we can decide that, but they, their, their vote could count a little more because they've participated more in the community. I like that, man. I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to miss these brainstorming sessions. I love that. I know, if that happens right now on popsicle finance, but I think they think I'm DDoS attacking them or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's pick up David Kim. Uh, hold on. Uh, let's do it. Boom. Mr. David Kim. All right. Oh, hey, David. Uh, I am well uh, liquefied. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I look super red on this. But, uh, but yeah, cheers. My light cheers. All red. cheers, David. Cheers, cheers man. Cheers. cheers. Yeah, I just How are you doing, man? You're tuning in from LA? That's right. Right. Not not too far. I'm down here in uh, Orange County. And I just, uh, I remember seeing when this got started. Uh, Adam and, well, I know I met Alana at a blockchain uh, uh, conference. You guys have come a long way. You guys have come a long way. And and I think my comment in the chat was that there's an accessibility about this format, but it's not just the format, but it's, it's, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to be flattering, but in a very honest way with like Alon and Adam and Joseph, you know, I've met you guys in person. I, I haven't met Adam yet, but I've met Adam, uh, Alon and uh, Joseph and you guys are like so approachable. Right. And like Thank this, I mean, Thank you. Yeah, yeah this space. That's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the point, right? Like we're we're we started our summits because we are into it, right? Like we didn't we didn't do it thinking it was going to be our full time job. We didn't start the events thinking we were going to start a fund. Like we literally just started the uh, the event because we're we're super into it. <laughs> we we actually started a crowdfunding event and we're like, hey, it's all moving towards crypto. That's what we want to do, and and so we started a crypto event. And uh, and over time, we got to meet like the, the who we felt were the smartest people in the world, and the coolest people in the world. And we went, I want to be on their team. And that's essentially how it started. Right. So our in, in our minds, even when we talk to other investors and things like that, we, we talk about our superpowers being just like the fact that we actually hang out with the community. Like we don't write a check and then hide in the shadows and wait for the next one and write a check and get quarterly reports or whatever from, from the companies we fund. We actually hang out with them. We build on their projects. We, we are fanboys ourselves. And it's, you know, it's, it's not a joke. Like <laughs> we're wait, super are, are, are nerds people, for are uh, sending uh, quarterly reports. You, you, that you, a joke right now. Yeah, no, and with the Luna Crush guys, like I think your ethos, like without crypto, uh, without community, there's no crypto. Like this is a strong example of that, right? Because I think out there right now, uh, there's such a hunger uh, for like reliable information uh, where you can trust. And I think the personalities we have here, Adam, uh, Alon, Joseph, all the people you guys bring in, you know, Mark Cuban, you know, uh, you guys, right? Just it, it, there's a, there's a sense of yeah yeah that's right everybody where it's like oh okay David, I, David tell us what you do oh I'm I'm coming from the legal world I'm coming from the legal tech world from uh um from the corporate side I work at a law firm uh, Morrison and Forrester and you know we try to stay on top of tech so but you know it's a little weird because you know when the suits arrive right we're like okay. IP, let's lock everything up and kind of, <laughs> which is kind of the total opposite of the ethos 
of like crypto yeah. and blockchain and open uh, openness. But but it just can't be ignored that like you know the banks, as much as they say there's no use case, you know, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, the banks have the most patent applications. Uh, they're the leaders, right? In addition. Yeah. You guys noticed this week, um, maybe it was the end of last week, City announced um, their crypto assets team. Uh, and what's interesting is I've met both those dudes at City that run the crypto assets team. They've been pitching the, the big wigs at City for about three years internally until they publicly made this announcement uh, this week. So it's it's happening. Like it's uh, you're you're totally right. Um, who wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it IBM or? Um, or Microsoft or something at one point that had some of the, the most um, blockchain uh, patents and, and IP? Uh, I don't know about Microsoft and, uh, uh, specifically, but I do know that uh, the Chinese are, I mean, yeah. is they're just, it's, it's, it's what, what, what really fascinates me is like, this community is great. You know, we have, I know there's a lot going on in the US and like Europe and kind of the integrations and the connections that you have. But one thing that's kind of like a little off my radar, and I'm just kind of wondering about the crypto radar, is are there communities that are well organized in China? Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't know. I just haven't seen like Chinese speakers. I haven't seen people at the conferences. And, and maybe there's not. You know, maybe there's not. Um, but uh, there's a ton I'll of. Tell you, I'll tell you that. Yeah, when I'm organizing like these conferences, when we're putting them together, when we're searching for speakers, it does really feel like like Asia, right? And, and like the Western part of the, like it's very disconnected, right? And obviously there's a lot of crossover when, when companies kind of open multiple branches, whether it be from a fun point of view or from startup point of view, but it, you're right. It feels very disconnected. And I honestly don't know. I always feel like we are always behind because Asia is like 8,000 steps ahead of us. But then again, I really I don't know what's happening on that side of the world, and it feels very disconnected. I wonder if there is a community, or a show, or a platform that's trying to bridge those two parts of the world together. I know there's one there's one company specifically called CEO. They're based in Santa Monica, and their whole value add is bridging. They're, they basically created like uh, an ETH bridge, right? A bridge from one island to another, trying to bring deals deal flow from Asia and basically deal flow from, from the U S to Asia. Right. Um, so that's the only group that I know that's doing that. Other than that, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Because I think, I think the Chinese like, like on, on, um, governance, geopolitical issues, the Chinese government, they know what's up, right? Their time scale is not four years. Their time scale is like 50. Right. And so they're thinking very hard about where this can all go which can all go DAOs, governance, everything. And I, I've heard that Tencent is getting very, is looking to get into NFTs in a very big way. Uh, that, that, that might be a rumor, but with the gaming, like, you know, there are big companies with big money looking to get into the space in a big way. I would also add that it, it's not by mistake that they just kicked the Bitcoin miners out of the yeah. country. It's, it's not a mistake. No way. It, like you have to ask yourself that why would such an advanced society do that? What do they see? Where are they going? What are they doing? And I think that's the risk. It's not a risk to Bitcoin. Those miners will just pick up their miners and go elsewhere. And it's a, it's a net gain for anyone. And I know the narrative around crypto right now is, is like, yeah, it's their loss. It's their loss. They're kicking Bitcoin out. You know, it's, it's, you know, someone else's gain. 
what are they doing? That's my question. And that's not answered. And, and I think that's, Ooh, that's yeah. actually the, the risk as of the last few weeks here. That's, you know, that uncertainty. Yeah, I, I won't claim to know anything about the geopolitical stuff, you know, from other than the surface stuff. But what's very clear is the people running China are all engineers. They're not dumb. <laughs> they planned right. all of the firewall right. stuff before, you know, before any of that stuff. We were sitting on MySpace here and they blocked all those kind of things in China and had their own versions for a reason. And they, that's not because they're dumb and that they're like, want to block out the world for that reason. It's because they're super smart and wanted to control just like any other government wants to control, except for we're dumb in terms of governments trying to control us because they try to do it after the fact. And you can't unring those bells, right? Like it's, 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 you know, they're doing what governments do, but in a way smarter way than, uh, than most, right? Uh, whether, you know, you agree or not. I know most of us probably disagree, of course, but like, that's why we're in this space. But, uh, but it's crazy smart. <laughs> there's a, there's like, an you, you know what's even crazier is it's, it's happening at the same time that you got the the never-ending El Salvador news. You know the thirty-dollar airdrop to every citizen in the nation. Um, Bitcoin legal tender. Other countries, you know, uh, probably very very short behind here. Um, next few weeks are going to be some really interesting news. I would I would predict. But all while China is kicking the miners out of their country. Right. So you know really interesting times we're living in here i didn't think we'd see this in 2021 so it's yeah. really, really we also didn't i think notice or think a pandemic would hit us and just push right. this entire world forward five years yeah. faster. But i will say from a like there's been a bifurcation obviously of the internet you know in, in a couple of different places but you know i would say that there is a lot of overlap in the investment community right and whether that's investment that's coming from china into the European startups or American startups or kind of going the other way around, probably a little bit less so. Um, but there, there is a lot of investment money um, in China that's looking for places to put that money, right? And so there's there, especially, and that's why I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of the miners had to sell, right, in order to move equipment to do different things. But some of that money is making its way into, I think, some of the private market. Um, and so I think you're going to see, you know, once those miners kind of come back online, wherever in the world that they are, you know, I'm hearing hydro in, in you know, Central America, I'm hearing all sorts of different things. Um, but that money's going somewhere, right? And it's going to, it's going to kind of catapult us in a big way here soon. Yeah. Do you guys think uh, that, that you would see the, you know, president of a country, you know, hit that influencer levels, uh, uh, you know, on, on, on Lunar Crush, right? Or, or anywhere in, the, in our space other than, you know, in a negative way. I, I will never forget the Twitter space that one night with El Salvador, yeah. the president of El Salvador was on. I was tearing up. Play by play. I was tearing up. I was listening to this going, I can't, I, like you actually had this emotion of like, like, wow, I'm actually witnessing history right yeah, now. No, like, this is actually significant. Yeah. Yeah. It it's crazy. Yeah, and his brother still called him a boomer because he couldn't figure out how to use Twitter Spaces. That was awesome. So. <laughs> it, was, it was it was fun because you know, like you you see people more and more often in this day and age as like real people. So and in situations like that, they have their guard down. You have the like for people watching, there was a Twitter Space the night that El Salvador was doing the vote on the the Bitcoin law, 
And the brother of the of the president was in a Twitter space going like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it live right now. And he's like giving everyone the play by play. You know, my brother's gonna be talking soon. This person's talking soon. This is happening, that's happening, right? And, and he's giving the pay, play by play and, and people are talking about it. And then all of a sudden his brother comes in, the president comes in and starts going, yeah, I'm not in the chambers. I have to be, like, you know, recuse myself or stay outside. And he's starting to talk about it, giving the play by play. And what's crazy is that, that if you think back on it, you know, guys like Peter McCormick and all the rest of the sort of Bitcoin uh, crew were giving him ideas saying, have you thought about mining like this? Have you thought about that? And he's like, no, we didn't really think about it, but you know, we probably will try to do something like that makes sense, you know? And then literally the next day he announced like, we're gonna create a mining operation in this place. So like one night you're talking to the president of the country, giving him suggestions. And the next day he's posting on Twitter, like we're going to do this. Crazy. Like, that's insane. That doesn't happen. Like it's so different from what we're used to <laughs> in the United States, where like you know, if you're lucky, uh, the only, there's a mention of Bitcoin, uh, and the mention is not super negative. Like there's a few people, like Loomis, who are who give you know who are saying positive things, but the vast majority are just saying nonsense. Dude, the fact that you just framed it like that, and we you put it from a zoomed out point of view, and I think about that. That's insane. Like the chain of events from Nick Carter starting a Twitter spaces to then the president joining to then people coaching him up and telling him what to do to then him just and executing it. Like what? Like when does that happen? How is that a thing? That happens yeah. in startups. That happens in yeah. you know, like us getting shit done and talking about ideas and let's do it the next day. That doesn't happen. In it all government. it also helps in oppressed societies that have decided to make the US dollar their their like national currency because they've had challenges with their own and they have no say over the endless money printing. They're a startup. That country's yeah. a startup. How exciting. Like that's, that's, that's amazing. That's true. They've already given up control of their money, right? And so now yeah. they, they don't have anything to lose by adopting Bitcoin only to gain. If they were still using, some, you know, some peso or an Salvadorian uh, currency, I don't know what what they used there. Um, so, you know, if they were still using that, and then they had to switch to Bitcoin, they lose the government loses control, right? But they already uh, don't have control over their money. It's a like very when the U.S. Idea. when the U.S. does a stimulus and the Fed decides to print endless money, how much say does El Salvador have in that? Zero. None. They get their assets right? just like the right? rest of us. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like that's completely unfair and it causes oppression. Like it's, you know, so they're they're trying to find their way out and it, and you know, it's it's it won't be phrased this way as a war on the US dollar, but it, it, I don't know if war is the right word even. It's it's a wiggling out of it. It's like it's like a migration away um to yeah, something but, else. I but it also maybe strengthens the dollar in a sense too because it's pegged their stuff's going to be still pegged against the dollar. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it's an interesting move away and there's a reason for it. They see a path out. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy, right? Like you start thinking about that stuff and it's, it's really fun. And I think using the term war is, is actually kind of awesome because I think in terms of the amount of change that can happen, they're probably, it probably will change the world more than, than even some of the biggest wars ever have without you know, the war without the killing. Because, um, you know, the whole point of, of most large wars and conflicts and things like that is, you know, power, money, land, right? This is, this is the, and power and money are, are go hand in hand. 
holy crap, that's that's lyrics from a missing twenty third song. Um, you guys gotta look that up. Um, I'm just um, I'm just surprised. I thought Adam oh, for sure they taught start Twitter space, influence geopolitics at, at USC. I'm surprised that that wasn't a lesson. I I, I missed that one. Yeah, <laughs> I. I never attended those courses, so <laughs> should have, could have. They don't exist, and they, no. they still work for a long time. Yeah, but anyways, guys, six o'clock right now. It's time for networking. David, pleasure to have you on, man. Stay cool in LA. We'll see you on soon. Um, last session of blockchain and booze with me as a host, Alon. Cheers to you, brother. Thank you for giving me a platform to, to speak the minds and to share the stories of other people. Um, and Lunar Crush. Joe and John, the boys at LC, you guys rock. Thank you for giving me your platform and your account and helping make this a reality and for always being on and just for being kick-ass dudes. Yeah, um, I'm excited for you guys. It's going to be cool. I can't wait to join. I'm I, I'm still getting these text messages. I'm going to be tuning in and be in the networking session and, and excited for what's next. We got some ideas now, whether it be a DAO, yeah. whether it be featuring <laughs> other people's stuff, right? There's something going on here and... You guys should never doubt DGH because shit happens. And when it happens, it happens fast. So once mm -hmm. once something locks, you guys should buckle up. Guys, uh, thank you. Adam, you absolutely have killed it this last year and a half. Uh, we're we're going to continue. I know there's going to be so much more. Uh, love you guys. Love you, Adam. Thanks, everybody who's watching. We're going to keep uh, doing something. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you join and get on screen next time. And uh and it's going to be a fun continuation. Love uh, it. Way to go, Adam. Uh, thank I'm you. Long, I'm long Adam coin. I'm long. I'm long. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Um, Cheers. I'm going to remove you off stage and wrap it up really quick for one last Bye. time. Let's do it. All right, guys. If you're watching the live stream, here we go. <laughs> if you're watching the live stream, uh, go to uh, this beautiful link right here, meet.blockchainbooze.com. Meet.blockchainboost.io. There you'll be able to hang out, meet, network, drink with everybody that's been watching live. So meet.blockchainboost.io. Uh, once again, thank you for having me and uh, cheers. I'll see you guys at the networking. Thank you so much. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.